is a Hitting the Marks Pro Wrestling Podcast exclusive. As always, hashtag HDMPWPod is the flagship show on the Hitting the Marks Podcast Network in association with the GorillaPosition.com, last word on ProWrestling.com, and the Hameen Media Group. My name is Rick Vickery, and right now it is my pleasure to welcome in our guest. He is a 16-year veteran within the business. He is the co-owner and head trainer for Mega Championship Wrestling and the current reigning defending Battle on the Border heavyweight champion. Welcome to the show, Mr. Brandon Xavier. How are you, sir? How's it going? I'm all right. Well, I really appreciate you uh, taking the time to sit down with us. I know, you know, the wealth of knowledge that you have, you know, that we could be able to, to pick your brain a little bit and, and go inside and, and get to know what really makes Miss, Mr. Xavier tick. Uh, all right, sounds good. <laughs> well, uh, Mr. Xavier, it's tradition here on the Hitting Marks Pro Wrestling Podcast. We'd like to begin any conversation by going all the way back to the beginning. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about when and how you fell in love with professional wrestling and, and what exactly made you decide to get involved within this crazy business? Um, I was a fan ever since I was a little kid. Uh, and there'd be like Saturday night's main event on Channel 3 for us up here, which is like NBC or ABC or whatever. Um, and my grandparents wouldn't let me watch it, but they had like the little radio. And you could get the TV channels on the radio. And I would just listen to like the wrestling matches on those nights, you know. Um, and then growing up, seeing it on Saturday and Sunday mornings, it was, you know, everything about it I loved. You know, these larger-than-life characters, charismatic, um, you know, stuff like that. It was just, it was something I watched since I was a little kid. Well, I think it's, it was really interesting there, the way you described that, that you actually were able to, you know, fall in love, with, you know, with the sport of professional wrestling simply through the play-by-play. You and I, we're, we're in that, about that same age demographic. And, you know, I, I remember, you know, I'm pretty sure we, we kind of stumbled into professional wrestling around that same time, talking about, you know, the main events and then the weekend with uh, superstars and challenge. So many great characters that we had back there that were almost seeming missing today. Who were some of the, you know, the superstars of yesterday that, that really, you know, drawn you into professional wrestling? Uh, Jake the Snake Roberts, just because the way he talked. Um, I was a, oddly, I was a George Animal Steel fan because he was just like so out there. You know, of course, like guys like Macho Man and, you know, Roddy Roddy Piper. Uh, Junkyard Dog, Ron Simmons. Uh, there was just so many. Like, I, I couldn't really pick one as a kid. Like, I loved it all. Well, that's, you know, I was uh, kind of with you there. There was, there was like so much going on, and there's so many different personalities that you could kind of gravitate towards, you know, a little bit from each of them. Yeah, this was so my age, too. Like, there was a cartoon. Uh, I don't know if you remember that, but it was like, yeah, to be superstars or something like that. Hulk Hogan's dropped in wrestling. Yeah, that's what it was. 
Oh, man, that used to be the most exciting show to me. You know, of course, like, growing up, Hulk Hogan was, like, the biggest icon for me. Um, and then one day I was over my cousins, and he introduced me to, you know, the Road Warriors, and I was like, whoa, you know, the greatest, what are these dudes? Um, that's kind of how, like, my childhood was. It was like, it was an escape. I, I got you. So as you're, as you're kind of growing, you know, into those teen years, later teen years, uh, like I said, you know, when did you start training? Two, 2002, correct? Yeah, somewhere around there. Somewhere in there. So, I mean, what made you take, you know, decide to take that big leap from, okay, this is something, you know, as a, as a child, man, I, I am so involved in it. I love this thing. And I'm sure, you know, we both came up through, you know, where we had that resurgence through the attitude here and all that. I mean, what made you finally say, you know what? I'm going to make the commitment. I want to make this a huge part of my life. And you, you know, went on that pursuit as, in a career in professional wrestling. Oh, man, that's kind of funny. Okay. So uh, I was with my son's mother, and we were kind of like on the outs, and I was looking for an escape to get away from her. So it was, I was online one day, and I found the wrestling school. And I was like, you know what? Like, I've always wanted to do this. And I was like, I'm going to go for it. Uh, so I found them online. Next day, I went to the school. Uh, when I showed up, they were like, oh, well, we don't have training tonight. Come back next week. I was like, well, are you open tomorrow? And they're like, yeah, you know, that's when the owner will be here, who is my, now my business partner. And uh, I was like, okay. So I came back the next day. Uh, got in. Very first bump, like, I took. It felt so natural to me. You know, I was like, this is what I want to do. You know, uh, I feel like I was trained old school. And it's not to take away from the people that train now, but it was a lot more harsh training then. Um, you know, because I see a lot of times people are like, oh, well, you shouldn't be chopping people. My third day, I got like 35 chops, and I just thought it was the greatest thing that my chest was purple <laughs> and black because this method, you know, if I made it through that, there was nothing that could take me, you know, that could stop me from doing this. It's like the ultimate, thank you, sir. May I have another? Yeah, it really was. I laid in a corner and just, it just kept on happening. I was like, ah, all right, I can take this. Well, so, you know, you, you immediately fell in love with it, you know, as you're, as you're telling us there from, you know, those first couple training sessions and all that. And obviously, that's continued, you know, as we were talking about 16-plus years in this business. You've been able to establish yourself, you know, throughout the Midwest and especially in the independent wrestling hotbed here in Ohio. Can you share, you know, maybe outside of those, that early training uh, just maybe some other stories about, you know, the general experiences in the business and how you've been able to evolve over all these years? Um, let's see, my training itself. I was trained by Chris Cole. He, uh, he actually trained, or uh, he was trained by Chris Hero. So it's kind of that lineage for me. And he went to uh, Arizona for a while. And... During that time, it was like, oh, I still like wrestling, but I don't like, you know, the trainer that I had at the time. And when he came back and he just, he was brutal. Uh, we would, we were doing gravel runs, you know, like where, oh, I forget what they're called, but basically, you know, we'd have to wheelbarrow each other in the parking lot that we had. And there was nothing but gravel on this parking lot. You know, he, he looked to kill us. He, it was basically, like some military. Either you have the hearts to do this. Right. You have the heart to do this or you don't. And, you know, it was always my passion. So I was like, all right, whatever. I was in the Marines. This wasn't nothing. You know, um, 
as far as evolving, um, I just always, I always see the people that are like, oh, well, the old ways, the old ways. Like, I, I was kind of trained in the old ways, and I still understand that you have to, the times have changed, you know. It's not the way it was before. I hate to say it, but nowadays anybody can be a wrestler. Um, not hate to say it because if that's your passion, go for it. But I think a lot of people half-ass it. Um, nowadays, I think there's way too many training schools and people who, as uh, you know, if you follow me on Facebook, I'm kind of controversial sometimes. I even said it. You know, there's a lot of people who are there's a lot of trainers with trainees, but there's not a lot of trainees with trainers. Yeah, I, I, do, I actually do remember uh, remember that post. I actually used that for a little inspiration here in the conversation. I, I want to pull out, you know, that those philosophies from you. It's kind of a, a good transition here to the next question I have for you. You know, recently, uh, the first main event that I've ever personally had the honor of calling play-by-play for uh, was with Battle on the Border Pro Wrestling. It involved yourself and Brian Pillman Jr. Uh, the two of you went out there and put on a 30-minute classic that the fans absolutely loved. As we're talking about these generations and you know, and aging a little bit, what's you know, what's one of the tricks that you could let us in on, or maybe a handful of them, without exposing too much of, you know, how you're able to go out there and still hang with these young guns. Um, well, I'm in the gym a lot, uh, and a lot of times I had to change my style up because I'm not going to keep up with you 30 minutes going fast pace. You know, that's not my thing. Um, when I was, you know, in my earlier years, I thought I had to do all the, you know, the innovative kind of offense and all this stuff, and then I realized as I was growing and evolving and meeting, like, you know, different people, um, actually, I credit Greg Anthony from Tennessee. Uh, he was, I want to say, he was the NWA United States champion. Uh, national, oh, no, I'm sorry, United States, uh, NWA national heavyweight champion. Okay. Uh, I went down to Dyersburg, Tennessee, and I worked for him. And this was just a couple of years ago, and he's, he's like, you know, he's like, you don't have to do all that crazy stuff. He's like, you can go 20 minutes with a headlock sometimes. You know, and you're sitting there thinking like, oh, man, no, not these days. you got to be able to flip-flop and hip-hop. Well, we went out there, and 22 minutes on, and I think about, you know, it was a wrestling match. And that really, like, helped develop my style now where it's you don't have to do everything in the book. You know, you can, how do I put this? You can entertain the crowd, still wrestle, and, you know, they'll be engaged in it. Engage your fans. That's the number one thing. It's not about the moves to me anymore. It's about, you come to be entertained, I'm going to entertain you, however it is. You know, if you see me wrestle, you know, I have more of a brawler style. Um, my students always get on me because they're like, well, how come you don't chain more? I'm like, eh, I like to chain wrestle, but I always get stuck with guys who want to go straight to a hammerlock. And there's, there's one thing I can't stand in wrestling, it's a hammerlock. Um, and it's just because it's like a go-to for people who don't know how to chain. And so, you know, the, it, I had to change my style to go with the people that I'm wrestling with, and that's how I've always tried to evolve. It's some great insight. I, I do I want to kind of mention here, as you're talking about, you know, the certain styles and almost, you know, kind of like that less is more. I want to recall 
just something you shared on Facebook not long ago where you were working in a, I, I believe, a, a new arena, unfamiliar with the audience, and they opened up, you know, early in the match with a this is boring chant, uh, only by, you know, by the time the three count came around that they, it was a standing ovation. Um, that was, okay, that was, let's see, well, I happened kind of twice this month, or last month. Uh, the first time was in Alabama. Um, that's a funny story because we get there. And if you know my gimmick, it's kind of like uh, a thug pimp type thing. Not too much thug, just I'm, I'm a very sarcastic person. And the whole pimp thing was just for entertainment value. But the person that you see in the ring is actually just me amped up. You know, um... Well, that's and what I, they say is always take the personality and just turn it up to 10. Oh, yeah. And that's really what I do. Um... We get there, and they're like, yeah, you know, look, you're, you're a baby face. Have you ever been a baby face before? And I'm like, I've been in business 16 years. I hope I've been a baby face a few times. <laughs> um, they're like, well, they might not take to you. And, you know, um, not to sound, you know, it was a race thing, but I had one of the other guys go to like, yeah, they don't really cheer, you know, minorities here. I was like, oh, that's cool. I was like, they were on about 10 minutes. <laughs> And we went out there, and, you know, at first, it was kind of like, oh, this guy, new guy from nowhere. About two minutes later, there, you know, I had these people chanting, too, and, because uh, it just, it's just my style, my personality, the charisma that I did with it. You know, it's like, people want to hate me, but they want to like me at the same time. It's the weirdest thing. I think it's, you know, it really speaks to, you know, the traditions of professional wrestling. I mean, you can go out there and have the most impressive athletic moveset in the world, but it really comes down to that persona and being able to tell a story inside that ring. Yeah, and that's, to me, that's the biggest thing. Is I love telling a story, um, especially in wrestling. You know, the good versus bad. Can the, you know, can the hero overcome the villain? But it's the story of how it happens in the ring to me. Yeah. Well, it's like the most important. Well, I know, you know, uh, when, it, when it comes to inside the ring, you're still very much on top of your game. But uh, you've also, you know, in the last couple of years, have, have come to embrace your role as the head trainer for Mega Championship Wrestling. Uh, recently, you've been a very happy Papa Bear with the success of such students as uh, Paxton Calloway, Jackson Stone, Jocelyn Navarro. The list can go on and on. Can you share with us some of uh, the core beliefs behind your teachings? Um, well, the very first thing I saw them during their tryout is I'm not here to be your friend at first. I've earned my way into, into this brotherhood, sisterhood. And you have to do the same with me. Like a lot of my students I have, I don't even know their names for the first two months because that's how many come and go. Because, you know, when we have our crowds, I always, I always ask, well, why do you want to do this? Well, this has been a passion of mine since I was a little kid. I've always wanted to do this. You know, I want to prove to people that I can. And it's basically the same answer every time. But there's a lot of them that once they realize that it's not just getting a ring and, you know, goof off. And it, it gets serious that they don't want to do it. But my philosophy has always been, you don't quit on me, I don't quit on you. Um, I have a student who is, has a developmental disability. And 
I I tried to be real forward with him about what he's going to do. Like my biggest thing with my students, my philosophy is I don't I don't BS nobody. I'm straight up. You know, this is what it is. Take it or leave it. You know, um, if you you know if you take it, now you're saying that you want to prove me wrong, which I have no problem being proven wrong. Um, but like my students, I tell them, what you put into this is what you're going to get out of it. You know, the opportunities that you get aren't always going to be there. You're not always going to get that fair shake. You're going to develop faster than some people. Other people are going to develop faster than you. People who shouldn't get opportunities are going to get them over you. And you're going to question yourself and question wrestling. I'm like, but you just have to look past it and realize, don't worry about the next man's journey. Worry about your own. So that's kind of, you know, the way that they know that... I'm not blowing smoke up. I'm like, oh, well, you know, you come train with me. I'm going to get you to the WWE. You know, you come train with me, and I'll get you all these connections. I'll start you. I'll guide you. But you have to put in the work yourself. Now, it's obvious, you know, you you do have that old school mentality. You're you're very realistic in your approach, you know, with your students. You know, it seems like, you know, you're there to offer them. You're going to give them the best support system you can. But ultimately, you know, there is a reality to this, uh, and it is something they have to face. But outside of, like, that old school kind of thinking, you know, with the the ever-evolving landscape in professional wrestling, and as it keeps pace with, let's say, the real world, if you will, uh, have, have you begun to incorporate any like social media merchandising or like overall branding into your teachings? Uh, no, I trying to if I understand the question, right? Well, you know, we see the success so much of you know easy to compare is comparable now is you know how like the young bucks uh, have kind of mastered this art, you know that. They took themselves from, you know, independent darlings to, you know, true megastars just mainly because of how they handled their social media. Then they branched that in, you know, to merchandising, everything we saw with the Bullet Club gear, and just overall, uh, you know, just marketing of themselves. Uh, okay, yeah. I mean, so that, like, I'm not the best example for them to uh, follow on social media. You know, I, I try to tell them, like, don't do what I do. <laughs> you know, understand that... You are, you're going to have people looking at you and looking at what you say and what you post. You know, uh, we do like during our class, because I basically, I cover from A to Z from the minute they walk into the arena to the minute they leave the arena, you know, and all the stuff in between. Um, but when it comes to that, you know, I have a couple guys that come in and they're more social media friendly than I am. Mm-hmm. Um, me, I'm more of a, I'm going to say it even if you don't like it, and I really don't care what the repercussions are. Uh, but I try to steer them away from that. You know, I'm like, don't make the mistakes I did. And that's the biggest thing I tell them. I'm like, listen, like, 16 years ago, when I started, you know, I got the old rookie of the year thing in Ohio and all this stuff. Like, I was on top of my world. I thought I was headed, you know, to TNA, WWE, all that other stuff. I was like, and my ego followed with that. Like, I was one of those people that got too much too soon, probably. And it kind of just backfired on me. And I try to, you know, like, you can't do that nowadays. You have to stay humble with what you do and what you say. You know, uh, let the fans know that they are important. Um, To me, back then, you know, 
what I used to merch is I would buy shirts. I'd get like 50 shirts per show and I would sell out of them. So my first two, three years, I had like five or six shirt designs and I was walking out of shows as a rookie with, you know, three, four hundred dollars just from shirt sales. Um, and I tell them, but you can do that. You just have to market yourself. And when I started, that's, you know, we didn't have the, the way social media is now today. Well, I have to tell you, you know, it's, especially, you know, through the, you know, those 2000s, though, in that mid part of your career to where you are now, it's really just, I mean, the boom has been incredible uh, about the reach, just, you know, from individual talents to the promotions, you know, the reach that the fans that they can get themselves in front of just through social media. Yeah, yeah, you keep it. I have fans that like. Uh, I think nowadays, like the fans are—I don't want to say too involved in wrestling, but they just—they know. It's just kind of like a lot of times it's they kind of want to be in the business, but not in the business. But they want to talk about the business. And, you know, for me, it doesn't matter, like, this whole AEW, you know, there's pro-AEW, anti-WWE fans, like, no, you know, it ain't that hard to like both. But you enjoy wrestling. It doesn't matter if it's one segment, two segments. If you don't like the show, don't watch the match at that time. You know, and it's what I try to tell them, like, you know, wrestling is wrestling. You watch the good, you watch the bad. Like, I used to take my students to shows that I knew would be bad on purpose. I'm like... All right, you guys are in for an experience. And but the fans there still believe even on bad shows. I'm like, you watch the fans, don't watch the wrestlers. You know the wrestling's gonna be bad. So I watch how these fans interact. You know, uh so yeah, the social media thing is sometimes really crazy because I'll get messages from fans all the time. Um, you know, and I had to kind of delete some people before because it's like if I'm in like a promotion group or something that I worked for and, you know, like Battle on the Border. I'm very active on their page. I've been since day one. Um, say what you want to me, but when you come on my personal page, even though it's 99% of my stuff is either wrestling related or, or memes, uh, don't talk to me however you want because that's still, you're going to meet the person that's behind the Brandon Xavier, not the Brandon Xavier that gets paid by somebody to entertain you. I think you you bring up a good point there. It's it, where when you blur those lines, especially in professional wrestling, because it's not like any other form of entertainment. You know, where we see television and movie. Professional wrestling has always been so great because it truly blurs the lines between the individual and the character. And, and in today's world, where you know you as a talent and those that you you know your students and all that, they're easily accessible by fans, and, and some fans really can't make that distinction, and they don't know when to you know. You know where boundaries are at. Yeah, I don't. I don't really have that many problems with that. Yeah, one student in particular, she you know sometimes has those fans that don't know their boundaries. Um, but that's just that's overall in general with the women in wrestling because you have the guys who guy fans who are just all about the TNA with them, and you know it's they overlook the the wrestling aspect. Um, as for myself and Vega, like I, last year I turned our matches into, we no longer do inter, it's not intergender matches. I wrestle, I book stuff based on talent. You know, if you're a damn good female wrestler, you're going to wrestle a guy, you know, or 
vice versa or, you know, there's no, how do I want to say there's no gender because I know how it's still mixed some places. But to me, I don't look at it that way. Yeah, you're just essentially, when you're putting your card together and there's marquee matches, you're just looking for the cream of the crop to square off with each other inside the ring. Exactly. Um, you know, and that's just, there is no, well, you're a female, so you won't be able to accomplish this, or, you know, you won't be able to do this. It's like, well, you can do whatever you want. You know, like, let's entertain the fans. Well, speaking of uh, cream of the crop, uh, you actually, you have some, some ties with some great friends of the Hitting the Marks Pro Wrestling Podcast. I, I know you've, you've, you've done some work with, you've been involved with current Ring of Honor champions, Kelly Klein and Shane Taylor. Uh, they, they're regulars here on the show. There, there's another guest that, that we have on, uh, and this name really jumped out to me. At a recent Future Great Wrestling event, you went one-on-one with the CAC Hall of Fame trainer, Cody Hawk. And it was talent versus talent, trainer versus trainer. How was that experience? Uh, amazing. I've always wanted to work Cody. Um, I can't say enough good things about him. Um, I, like, that was, when I found out I was where I was really excited. You know, I have, like, a great deal of respect for him and everything that he's done. And when it comes to trainers, that's he's the bar that I'm trying to get to, you know. Um, so that experience was just amazing, just, you know, how he worked in the ring, talking in the back, how he runs his promotion, you know. Um, you know I, anybody that's, like, down in that area that wants to be a professional wrestler needs to go to Cody. Um I, I know, you know, just, I, I grew up in Southern Ohio there, so, you know, all the ties to HWA with Mr. Hawk and all that. I mean, there are people that have, have come, you know, long distances just to, you know, just to get a, a, a drink of his knowledge. Yeah, uh, that was like, you know, another, I don't know, I'm going to see Cody's probably in his 40s. I'm in my 40s, and the fact that we went 30 minutes was just kind of like, eh. We just showed these kids what to do, you know. Uh, but yeah, it was a it was a humbling experience. Uh, very, very nice. Well, well, back in February, you pinned Bullet Club member Chase Owens to become the new Battle on the Border heavyweight champion. Uh, since then, you successfully defended your title against Brian Pillman Jr. Battle on the Border Pro Wrestling has an epic two-day extravaganza coming up. Uh, that, and obviously, you know, they emulate out of Southern Ohio. Those are going to shows are going to take place Friday, June seventh, and Saturday, June eighth. Uh, on that tour, you're scheduled to defend the championship against your very own student in Jackson Stone. Uh, two questions here. At first, what does it mean mean to you personally to represent a promotion as its champion? And will you still be in that position come June ninth? Um, what is it? You know, it, to me, it's what it means to me is the hard work that I put in. Um, when I, because I had known Denon before he started promoting, we had, you know, some random conversations and he had hit me up one time. I was like, Hey, I'm going to start running. would like to bring you in, blah, blah. I'm like, Oh, okay, cool. Just let me know, man. I was like, whatever. I, I get that a lot. You know, Hey, I'm going to start running. Um, so it was just one of those things that, okay, cool. Well, then when he hit me up, you know, and was like, hey, this is my dates that I have. Can you do all these dates? I was like, yeah. Um, the first time I came down, I was with my tag partner, Big Mo. We were doing the meet and taters. 
And it was basically, you know, I was the complete unknown guy. Nobody from that area knew me. There were guys that, you know, were on the show that have traveled everywhere. Uh, guys that, you know, he brings in a bunch of stars. And it's kind of like, all right, I got to set myself apart from everybody else to show that I'd be wrong with those guys, that, you know, I can be that guy. Um, then, you know, we split up the tag team and I kind of developed that with the fans, you know, to, to just hate me so much that as soon as my music hits, you know, I've gotten FUs and, you know, you sucks and all the other stuff that goes with it. Um, you know, like in the group, we're always like, oh, you can't win without cheating. It's like, well, I'm still winning though, you know. Um, but it's a fact that I went from not knowing, nobody knowing me to being the top guy. It shows that, you know, I made the fans care. You know, um, and as much of a able as I am there, the fan, you know, I interact with fans. I still treat all the fans the same. Uh, you know, I'm, don't want to bring up the last person that, you know, was there as the champion that held the title for a while, but he was a me first kind of person and I'm not. Like, I'm a promotional guy. Oh, then we can mention Johnny Lockup. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I hate that guy. Um, uh, but yeah, it was one of those things where it was just, I was a nobody who became the top guy. You know, and even, in the locker room, it was, you know, I was told it was well-deserved for what I did. You know, neither of the guys have been in the business for a long time, guys that I respect. And, you know, so that was like my one of my happiest accomplishments there was, you know, I went from a open card tag team guy to the main event champion. And as for June 9th, oh, I plan on still being the champion. Um you know, me and Jackson Stone know each other pretty well. Like, I have nothing but the utmost respect for him and everything that he did to come train with me. He drove three hours on bald tires in the middle of winter from Detroit just to train with me. Wow. You know, uh, dedication. Uh, yeah, it was. And it's so funny because he messaged me one time. I was like, hey, can I ask you some questions about, you know, wrestling training? And I get that a lot. And, you know, guys are like, oh, you know, I'd like to come down. Well, when he showed up and I saw him, I was like, ooh. I was like, you look like a wrestler. And it just developed from there. You know, I'm like, I'm very proud of everything he does and everything he has done and what he's going to do. But June 8th is going to be one thing he's not going to do, and that's going to be friend me. You know? Um, and uh, I'm even going to show him the respect of not having the marquee players out, not having the wingman out there. You know, this to me is four years in the making. We've had matches together. Um, but it's never been one-on-one. It's never been the top student versus the trainer. So I'm looking forward to it. Uh, I, I there's certainly it, it's it's a match. Uh, if not, you know, within the top two that I'm looking forward to calling over those next couple of days. Uh, but but champ, I do have to ask you. You know, we've heard you before say that the the players in the wingman will not be involved, and you've gone back on your word there. No, I said the marquee players wouldn't be involved in there. I said the wingman wasn't going to be involved last though. And really, if you look, I have never, I have never cheated. Oh, okay, so I cheated a couple times. But I just find ways to win. That's the way I put it. You got to find ways to win. It's about winning, you know, and that's what I do. 
what, what's the old uh, Jesse Jesse the Body Venture famous line? Uh, Win if you can, lose if you must, but always always cheat. Exactly. You know, um, and that's just my mentality. Like I'm there to win. I'm not there to lose. You know, so you try and take something I worked hard for. I'm gonna do what I have to do to keep it. Well, see, uh, we're most certainly looking forward to a battle on the border here in just a little over a week. As we said, uh, two days of just – it's going to be an extravaganza down in southern Ohio. Uh, we're going to have some information later in the show here about how you can get tickets and, and all that information you're going to need. Uh, but to switch gears from VOTB, uh, we've got something else to talk about. It's a little short notice uh, as of this airing, but it will be Friday, May 31st, which will be this evening. Mega Championship Wrestling takes center stage at Colossal Con here in Sandusky, Ohio, northern Ohio, right on the lake. Uh, what can you tell us about this event? Um, this has been our third or fourth year doing Colossal Con itself. Uh, it's a gigantic anime convention. It's like a gigantic party. Uh, and what's funny is when you go to a wrestling show and you see the wrestlers, you know that they're the wrestlers because they're in there, you know, we're in our gear. You go to Colossal Con, and you're kind of like, man, these people look more dressed up than I do. But uh, so first year we did it, we were like, okay, well, let's try it out. Let's see what we can do. And we just did plain old regular wrestling matches. You know, we incorporated some kind of a little bit of cosplay into it. I think we did like, a, I don't know if you've ever seen the movie Bloodsport, but we kind of did it like that where, you know, the first show was all the people, all the wrestlers sitting out on the, um, in the chairs in front of the audience. And we called them into the ring that way. Like, that's, you know... Uh, then we were the second year, like, well, let's do a little bit more cosplay. Well, this year, it's all cosplay. Um, we won't even let you be on the event if you're not doing a cosplay. It, it's a good time. I mean, like, uh, about a 1,000 people show up just to watch that, you know, and it gets real loud. It's so much fun. Um, there's even a point where all the fans that are dressed as wrestlers get a photo shoot. And last year was amazing because there were some pretty good cosplays of WWE wrestlers. No, oh, very, very cool. I, I know yourself, you're, 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 you're getting the old crew back together. You were talking about your former, your former tag team, uh, meat and taters there. Right, you guys are involved in a fans bring the snacks match. Can you explain this? All right. Well, at every anime convention, there's certain foods that they eat. And I'm like, well, talking to Big Mo, I was like, man, I was like, how fun would that be if we just used the foods that they had? Because, you know, it's meat and taters versus cream of beef. There's two tag teams with food names. I was like, ah, we got to do something with that. You know, can't just. And so we decided, like, well, why don't we have the fans bring snacks in and we use those during the match? So, you know, it's something silly, but at the same time, it's, if there's a story that's going to be told, you know, it's, uh, I don't really know how much story you can tell with food, but, you know, it's just to me, there's something funny, um, entertaining, you know. We're going to wrestle, but there's going to be food involved. I, I absolutely love the concept. He said, you know, you're at a, you're at a Cosmic Con. It's all about having fun. And this is a unique twist, uh, you know, what's usually a hardcore gimmick. Uh, I think it's absolutely incredible. You guys are probably going to knock it out of the park. 
Uh, but, but Mr. Uh, Mr. Brandon Xavier, thank you so much for your time. Could you please let our listeners know where they could keep up with yourself via social media? I already know you, you put out the warning there. Maybe keep up with yourself or Mega Championship Wrestling. Uh, there's Mega Championship Wrestling on Facebook. Um, my Instagram's Brandon Xavier. Well, let me even look. I, I, something. Uh, I have to check. I I have it, but I never keep track of it. Uh, what is my name on Instagram? Mega Brandon X is my Instagram name. Uh, Twitter, which I don't really go on that much, is uh, Brandon Xavier zero two. Um, and for the people that play WWE champions, they they see it's like it's one of my favorite games in the world. Um, they are like. It sounds so nerdy when I say this, but like I'm in one of the top factions of that game, so that's you know that's the weird. It's the weirdest thing ever because uh, I actually got recognized on there because my game name is Mega BX, and somebody actually hit me up. I was like, "Oh, I know you. And, you know, I've seen you wrestle." Um, and you know the people that I've met from playing the game, you know, is ridiculous how like interacting with fans there so you know just play WWE Champions look up Mega BX Russell Mafia um let's see what else uh, I think that's uh, my Snapchat I don't ever use um so I don't really ever give that out because I it's the stupidest thing in the world for me to take a picture and <laughs> post it you know that's where I post all my aggressive stuff so not so many people see it there we go. And, and I, can, I can say that uh, I follow you on Facebook, and it's always interesting, uh, interesting post that you have up there. And that's at the real Brandon X. Yeah, that's you know, and that's me. That you know, I know a lot of people are like, "Oh, we should do this on social media." And I'm like, I'm not making a bunch of different social medias on Facebook just so I can, you know, I try to stay away from controversial stuff. You know, I don't talk politics, religion, or anything on like that. Not. I talk wrestling, memes, and, you know, just my straight thoughts. That, that's, that's probably the best place to follow me. That's that's the way it should be. Well, once again, uh, thank you, champ. I look forward to uh, to calling your matches from Battle on the Border coming up in the next couple of weeks. And, uh, and good luck tonight uh, at Colossal Con. Thank you. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure.